Hey, it's Madison, the Black Eagle, and here's a highlight from today's show. Oh, this is always an issue that people want to talk about, particularly men, but not exclusively, because I've always said, when you're dealing with prostate cancer, you want the entire family involved. Uh, And you're dealing with and talking to, I should say, someone who has gone through a couple of interesting treatments, proton. Now I'm doing hormonal treatment over at uh, Sibley Hospital here in Washington, D.C. But Dr. Nupam Mahajan is my uh, guest. And, of course, I always tell you as being a proud graduate of Washington University, not the medical school, though, uh, Dr. Mah- uh, Mahajan, thank you for coming on the Madison Show. How are you? Oh, I'm doing fine. Thank you for inviting yeah, let, let, let me tell you what caught my attention. You are professor, <clears throat> excuse me, professor of surgery in the School of Medicine at Washington University in, in St. Louis. Your focus is the development of better therapies for prostate cancer patients because many prostate cancer tumors develop resistance to treatment. Break that down to us or yes. for us. Yes. So most common therapies, so once a patient develops a prostate cancer, most common therapy uh, that are given to this patient uh, is called as androgen deprivation therapy. Yeah, and that's what I'm going through. That's what I'm going through now. Is this where Correct. I'm taking these injections every three months? Correct. Okay, go so ahead. These, yeah. So these these therapies are um, essentially what are doing is that they are uh, essentially taking out uh, your androgen, which is nothing but testosterone. So your testosterone levels are brought down, and this testosterone acts as a fuel for the uh, prostate cancer. So once the testosterone levels are low, uh, patients respond very well. Uh, the, uh, the tumors often stop uh, actually growing. And that generally results in the lower PSA level, which is what generally uh, most of the uh, physicians look at when, the, when they look at the uh, result of their therapy. So that's the most common therapy which is given to the patient. The good and bad part. The good is, of course, the therapy works. Uh, the bad is, unfortunately, for large majority of the patient, this therapy stops working after some time. Uh, it can be two years, three years, uh, sometime if you are lucky, four to five years. And then that is the time then uh, uh, the problem starts. Uh, at that stage, they are given the second generation of uh, therapies. We call them as Zandi, which is also known as Enzelotamide. Or there is another therapy called Aberatone, which is a Zitiga. So these are the other two therapies which are given to the patient. But the problem is that even those therapies, which are somewhat similar to the androgen deprivation therapy, they will not provide much of an uh, advantage after a couple of years. Wow. So that's, that's the, where the really, uh, the really uh, problem starts. When you run out of the therapies, what to do next? And that's the where we came into, uh, you know, sort of in picture. When we developed this program, we, th- we thought that what can we provide to these patients who have developed 
resistant for all these three therapies. My <clears throat> my urologist. Um, let, let let me walk through this. So, and and I do this, <clears throat> and I share this with my audience, uh, and the response has always been positive and overwhelming. Uh, you know, I I I did years ago uh, proton treatment, and mm-hmm. and so um, it went down. The, the you know PSA went down big time. Then I I go to my primary physician. He's he becomes alarmed because when he did the PSA, it jumped big. I mean, like wow, what happened? Um, okay. Then um, I had I go to my urologist, and he says, okay, here's the hormone treatment, uh, and I my first treatment it went down from like PSA 40 something like down to three yeah okay I mean and I went wow so I I it, but he tells me I have to stay on this hormone treatment that has as you also can talk about has some major side effects um yes. he's he, I say can I get off of it and he said, nope, you're going to have to stay on it your entire life. Now, what I'm hearing from you is that this treatment uh, is prostate cancer tumors could develop resist resistance to this treatment. So what do I do? Yes. So, um, so essentially, uh, as I understand from uh, your uh, description, that you have been given the first generation of the androgen deprivation therapy so uh, essentially what is happening is that that um, you are on the uh, this anti-hormone treatment so essentially your hormone levels are right. low now which is uh, and that's the reason which is reflected in the low psa level right and this is so that's the reason your physician is telling you that continue on that because uh, as long as you are on this uh, treatment your psa levels will be maintained low and and we really hope that that remains that but in large number of cases, after certain time, and that time can vary from person to person, um, uh, these patients will stop responding. Your PSA level could go potentially up. Mm. And that is the time uh, your physician will have to think about this second generation of therapy because that is, uh, that's the unfortunate part of uh, most of these therapies that they are not uh, uh, very long term. They they. Their timing can be anything as little as two years to you know five to six years. Hmm. So what what are you working on uh, at Washington University uh, School of Medicine? What I mean, where are you going with with this? What are you looking yeah. at? So we are looking at exactly this problem that you just now described. That that uh, here is a patient who very nicely respond to the anti-androgen therapies. And then uh, they, after some time, um, uh, if they stop responding, uh, then what should we do for this patient? And so this is the where uh, uh, we thought that we should actually have a program to address this uh, concern, which is a major concern, by the way. There are hundreds of thousands of patients out there uh, in the United States alone uh, who have actually um, uh, United States and Europe uh, where they have uh, developed resistance for this therapy. So what we are doing is uh, we have actually tried to understand why there is a resistance. That's the most important question. 
once we have that answer then we can develop better therapies so to cut the long story short what we have done we have identified uh, a protein uh, uh, and the, this protein is called as a kinase kinase is a kind of a protein in our body which uh, which has ability to phosphorylate uh, other proteins and what we found that that this uh, this protein actually uh, interacts with uh, a very important protein which plays important role in prostate cancer called androgen receptor uh, most of the patients who have uh, who have visited uh, their physician with a prostate cancer must have heard the term called androgen receptor androgen receptor is a very important protein for uh, prostate cancer patients mm. and this protein is often uh, is a major response uh, is a major reason why uh, patients develop uh, you know prostate cancer because of the very high activity of this uh, particular protein yeah dr mahan and let me pronounce it correctly mahajan mahajan dr mahajan is a professor of surgery at the uh, school of medicine uh, washington university in st louis and his focus is developing better therapies for prostate cancer patients um and because a lot of these therapies one of them which i'm involved in and thousands of others are uh these that these cancer tumors may develop resistance to the uh treatment over a period of time so for the people the men and others you know family men people who are listening i mean what is your advice to them so there is a uh... there is a um, i mean people there is no really advice for the patients for the patients who have uh, for the prostate cancer as such one of the major the first and possibly the only advice that uh, one can give it to uh, uh, these uh, these uh, families would be that that if your father uncle or somebody a male member in your family if he had a uh, prostate cancer in past uh, that means that uh, one has to be very careful so the so the so the younger generation of the people should actually uh, relatively younger generation of people should should actually look into that as a, as a as a as a reason for them to go and you know mm-hmm. uh, visit their urologist visit their physician check their psa levels especially once they have crossed the 45 years of age right so that is a that, that's a, that's a, probably the best advice any physician can give it to uh, the patient's family yeah. that they should keep their uh, psa level they should consider regularly checking their psa level you know th- this is the other question uh, since you've t- taken uh, brought brought us to this point of, of level i mean levels you know what it, when i hear my level is 2 or 3 i'm going that's pretty good and then i panic when it's much 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 higher um what is the standard i mean is there a standard uh where where people should start worrying um i think that perhaps decided by the every physician and they also look at uh, that a patient's history of the psa levels um there i do not think there is a very precise cut off there uh, uh, however um when you are in the single digits you are always happy uh, you you are you are, you you think that you are you are good in you are in good shape there 
However, once it starts becoming double digits, on rare cases it also goes in triple digits. That is the time uh, when the physicians really start worrying about. Um, uh, so, so uh, there is no real cutoff, but uh, but yes, that's the sort of a general um, 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 you know look at that uh, uh, that particular person. Yeah. Final question, and uh, Doctor uh, Mahajan, when where are you now with uh, your your research? Where are you right now? Where do you hope to be? Uh, in the in the near future. Thank you. Uh, that was a very critical part. So this, what we have done just a few seconds back when I was describing you the mechanism that we identified, we use this mechanism and develop a, a new small molecule inhibitor, which is essentially a drug. And this drug, which is called as R9B, has recently been published uh, in Nature Communications. So this particular drug, uh, or this drug-like molecule, we call it, has done extremely well in the various uh, models of, uh, of prostate cancer that we have it in our lab. Uh, this drug was able to suppress the tumors, those tumors which have developed resistance for the, all the current therapies. That's the most important thing. And because this drug is doing so well, we are in the process of actually uh, 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 starting a clinical trial. We want to start a clinical trial uh, as early as uh, the summer of 2023. And we hope that this clinical trial will help those patients uh, who have actually uh, taken the drugs, uh, such as androgen deprivation therapy, and now have stopped responding to that. These are the patients who are going to be the biggest beneficiary of this drug. Mm. Should I be and others, should we take this interview we're doing right now and share it with our urologist and and uh, and talk with them about this uh, this drug. You can definitely share this interview with your urologist. Um, there is no problem with that. Uh, yeah, we we are uh, this actually might help your urologist to uh, sort of put your record, put in your record, and sort of uh, put a connection with me uh, and uh, contact me, so that when we start a clinical trial, perhaps we can. Uh, in, uh, invite some of these uh, patients into the clinical trial. Okay, and you would then need volunteers for, for that, correct? That's right. We hope that at, uh, in, in, in the course of time, we'll be able to do this clinical trial in Washington University. So we will certainly require patients who are interested to participate in clinical trial. Let, let me also close. Is there, and I have to say this because of the our audience, only about a minute, is there a concern with certain ethnic groups? Because African Americans in particular are very cautious when it comes to these types of clinical trials. There is no concern. We, we know very well now that the African Americans have higher tendency to get prostate cancer, um, uh, um, and, and they, uh, they have often very aggressive disease. Um, this is a very well-known fact now. However, uh, as far as this therapy is concerned, there is no ethical concerns here. Uh, we believe that, that this drug will work um, very well in the African-American patients. Uh, and, and we think that, that and I would like to have uh, more African-American uh, patients in our clinical trial so that we can actually establish the fact that this drug has uh, uh, equally potency, equally uh, potent in uh, separate tumor growth in African American patients. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because we, you know, it, it, encouraging 
folks to please sign up, you know, uh, and I'm glad you mentioned it, you, the need to um, to make sure it's as diversified as uh, as possible. Uh, Dr. Mahajan, thank you so much for being on the Madison Show. And we'll stay in touch we'll, and, and, uh, uh, and discuss this more. And I'll encourage uh, folks who are listening, they can go on demand and share it with your urologist and, and, per, and uh, physician, primary physician. Thank you. Appreciate you being with us. Thank you so much. Yeah, I'll be happy to come back again if you require. Okay. No Thank you. You can listen to yours truly, Madison, the Black Eagle, live every Monday through Friday on Sirius XM Urban View Channel 126 or anytime on the Sirius XM app.